Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. Welcome back to our classroom. My people, today I am joined by Donovan James. Did I pronounce your first name right? Yes, that's correct. You, you, you got a different spelling. You got yes, a different sir. spelling on that name, Donovan, but I appreciate the originality. Ain't nobody mistaken that that's you right. are Donovan James. The <laughs> Donovan James. Spell the name right, people. D-A-W-N-A-V-Y-N. That's right. That's different. And that's how we're doing this today. Donovan is an early childhood elementary and black history educator, emergent scholar, black history research, all things black and what? Yeah, people, we set the tone here. All right. You're giving and led workshops promoting black history instruction in early childhood and elementary classrooms. Donovan is the author of Beyond February. Teaching Black History any day, every day, all year long. Let's go. That's right. And Donovan has centered her experiences teaching Black histories in elementary classrooms. Donovan's currently pursuing a PhD at the University of Buffalo. Salute to you. And is a fellow at the Center for K-12 Black History and Racial Literacy Education. Excited to chop it up with you today thank you for being here thank you for inviting me thank you thank you thank you yes yes and listen i um i i, I want to jump right in because your your book i mean even off rip with the title you're making a statement right yes this ain't gonna be a, a one day thing this ain't gonna be a one month thing Right. We, we we doing this all day, every day, all year long. And so that got me thinking about a topic I, I discussed last year with brother Babu Blakes. Shout out to Hip Hop Grew Up. And we, he asked me, you know, what what do you use? And, and so I want to ask you, what do, why did you use the term black history as opposed to african-american history yeah yeah yeah. and shout out to bobu blakes he's so dope so yes. so dope so shout out to him um i when i think about black history i don't necessarily think about african-american um and something i try to do in my book is to promote and also mention titles that aren't so african-american centered so i talk about um freedom soup which centers like the Haitian Revolution and that their New Year's Day. Um, I make a, a list of book collection of African book books that center Africa, like Nelson Mandela, Africa, Amazing Africa, just to show that Black history doesn't just belong to African-Americans in America. And just lately in my research, too, like I've been learning about Canadian Black history. And a couple of years ago, I learned that, you know, in October in the UK, that's their Black History Month, not February. So just wanted to expand that idea that 
Black history is only for African-Americans. Like, Black history is everywhere. So that's why I kind of, I wanted that to be part of the title. Gotcha. So you're, you're looking at it from a diaspora approach. And I even right now, just listening to you, I just learned something. Because I didn't know that Black history for Canada was celebrated in October. I believe you just said October. In, in the UK, is October. In the UK, excuse me, in yeah, the UK. Yeah. All right. Shout out to all b- b- black folks in the UK because we're in October. <laughs> you know, we're in October. So hopefully they're embracing and celebrating also. All right. What, what's the metaphor that you would use for your book? Ooh, um, I. The metaphor we use for Beyond February is Beyond February is a map. Um, I like maps and I love how like you don't have to look at the entire map to get to where you're going and I believe that beyond February will be that for educators uh, you don't have to read it front to back um, but it's something that you can open and look for your destination get there close it and come back and find another destination to get to so I would say beyond February is is a map are you more of a Google Maps person? Or are you Waze? Are you you Maps? I use uh not uh, it's not Google Maps. Uh, whatever Maps is on iPhone. The default Google Maps iPhone got me in yes. the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Google Maps sometimes how you turned around. I feel you. I, I don't mess with Google Maps, but my wife Lorena, you know, she's she's committed right now. We ain't doing that. You know, I like the metaphor of a map because when I was working through your book. I felt like you broke it down in ways that I could digest it. You you chunked it. I was able to take that and and think like, all right, if I was using this with my daughter, whom we or my and my son, who we home educate, she's in third grade and he's a kindergarten. Actually, this is perfect. Definitely gonna use your book with my kids. I love it. But you know, I had to, and I still have to work through more of the content. But the early review from the content I've been able to process, it just made me feel that as an instructor, I wasn't going to have to do too much heavy lifting. Like, it's really, I don't have excuses. It's right in there in front of me. You you offered some wonderful examples. You gave us some insight into your classroom. And the section that I appreciated most was, what you do with the poetry unit because I'm a poet, I'm a writer. And so I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 wait a second. Let's go. Where's Blue Wing Tears on this? Wait, wait. I don't have Blue Wing Tears. In my, nah, nah. I didn't write it for a K3 audience. So you off the hook. You off the hook there. But I'm pretty sure you mentioned Elizabeth Acevedo. You, all right. Yep, so, I do. Yep. So that metaphor really works. And I felt like you were guiding your readers as to how to practically apply this in a way that is also authentic yeah can can you touch upon that yeah because i mean as a teacher and i'm glad that you said that like you feel like you didn't have to do so much heavy lifting because that's what's happening like you want to do something, but you have to do all this extra work to get it done. And so I did want it to be something that you can look at and be like, oh, I can try this like tomorrow. Like, you know, um, and I did want it to be as me as possible and use as many examples from my classroom as I could. I'm so grateful that I did do a lot of documentation. But, yeah, I did want it to be something where it didn't seem like, well, I can't do this because I don't teach in a space like that. Like, I, 
I'm hoping that you can use this in in any space. So I did want to, um, yeah, for it to truly be a guide, a, a guidebook for for educators, so they didn't have to do too much extra work to get it done. No, nah, it's definitely a guide. You did that thing. You did that thing. Salute to you. In, in, in chapter one, be on the people. You quoted David A. Love, who expressed that learning black history liberates all children. Can you elaborate on that notion? Yeah. So I first wanted to acknowledge that black history is not just for black kids. And it's also not just to be taught by black people. And in my teaching experience, I got to see how my students would take the black histories we learned and apply them to other concepts. They would connect them to current events and they took a lot of it home. And they also engaged in conversations that a lot of people would deem hard or difficult for five and six year olds to engage with. And that definitely wasn't the case. And so I thought that quote was really fitting because it just really kind of freed, first of all, me of restricting what they can and cannot learn, but also kind of freed them to like have critical conversations, to critically think, um, to kind of begin, you know, seeing the different brilliance and innovation in Black history and applying it to their own lives and identities and becoming like these advocates. And they just became like really cool people just really engaging in this work and taking it home with them and sharing it with their family. So I thought that quote was really, really fitting. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And later on in, in chapter seven, beyond the curriculum, you state, I knew as I understood the standards and curricula, I was expected to teach that there would also be spaces for me to add, revise, challenge, and disrupt the curriculum. What are three ways in which educators can disrupt the curriculum? Yeah, so my top way is always pushing in picture books. Um, sometimes like you'll get a curriculum or um, you'll have the learning objective and standard and they'll list books for you, but oftentimes there's not books listed. And I know as teachers, like we already often know what we want to do with something like you read something like oh this will be really cool so when you think about you know looking at the curriculum you're like I know a really good book that would go with this whether it's listed or not like push that book in and teach it to your students um also a way to disrupt is not necessarily leaving space but making space for counter stories and counter narratives I know um, in the standards that I've looked at across different states, one person we always want to talk about is Martin Luther King Jr. Um, but also like expanding on that, something, someone that I introduced my students to along with Martin Luther King Jr. was Georgia Gilmore and her work with the Montgomery Bus Boycott and the Club from Nowhere and then making pies to, you know, sustain the Montgomery Bus Boycott. So alongside Martin Luther King Jr., bring in some other people and then also centering um, the silenced voices, like more than just the people that are listed in your state standards, like bringing those other voices, those other people that students can learn from and allowing them to speak up and bring in people they know. Because we also have to acknowledge that our students come to us knowing a lot more than we think that they do. So, you know, giving them space to to bring, you know, their knowledge forward as well. True, true. So 
pushing in the books. You you had the students pushing the books, or you pushing the books. Did you also have them make pies? We did not make pies, but I, come on, I did come on. make I did make some banana pudding one time. That was really okay. good. So we talked about that. Yeah, we didn't okay. make pies. That was cool. <laughs> okay. right. I'm gonna need them students to push you a little harder. Right. Just, listen, this, this is what we advocating for around right, here. We right. advocating for some pies. So, <laughs> given the content of your book, we were talking about teaching Black history any day, every day, all year long. It might get banned in some right. states, such as right. Florida, where I'm at, or Texas, where I used to live, and, and where Brother Babu Blakes lived, or in Missouri, or in Utah, or in South Carolina. What advice can you offer educators in those states in regards to how to implement your book to disrupt the curriculum? Yeah, I really think there's two templates in the book um, that I mentioned. One is about um, building powerful people sets or like, you know, curating a group of people, um, historical black, black historical figures that have something in common that you can teach through. And then also um, book collection. So creating a collection or stack of books that you can teach with. And I think that those will be beneficial no matter what state you teach in. I think it's a really good guide as well. But I also hope to show from beyond February that all that I did wasn't like random. Like I didn't just charge into the classroom. I was like, I'm only teaching black history and that's it. <laughs> like everything matched the standards. Like I met the standards, my students met the standards. And so that's something too. And again, you know, even in those band states, like there are black historical events and people mentioned. And so really using beyond February to expand a little bit on that is my advice. I'm glad you mentioned that you work the standards in there because one of the questions I was considering asking was related to the standards, but we only have so much time. But I think that it's important that you mention that so that educators know like, hey, this is this is not a separate thing that we're doing or we're encouraging. This, this is all in alignment with what we're expected to do. The only thing is that we're, we're actually, we're going above and beyond. That's right. Yep, <laughs> we're going yep. above and beyond. Uh, not, not above and beyond in terms of like, hey, we're, we're adding all this extra work. No, we're, we're going above and beyond in terms of the depth of yep. the content that we're, we're covering, that we're engaging the students in. We're going above and beyond in terms of the push in critical thinking in analysis, right? The These are the skills that we want our children to develop. We're going above and beyond. And so thank you for mentioning that. And I saw in, in reading that section of the book, I, I saw how you exemplified that. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I hope that that teachers really look at that section and identify one or two things that they could do immediately that they yeah. can apply if they're not doing it right i'm right. sure plenty are yeah. but i think there are probably more teachers that are not doing it if we're being honest yeah for sure right when i think about my ex educational experience 
K through 12. It was foods, fabrics, festivities as it relates to black history. There was not much depth. Right. And so I appreciate the way you have framed things in the books, the examples that you've offered, the, the map that you've given us, and the fact that it aligns with the standards. Yep, exactly. Excellent, excellent. What's, if there's one section of the book that a teacher had time to read, let's say that they don't have time to read the whole book for whatever reason, right? You know, time's a four-letter word. But let's let's say they don't have time to read the whole book. If there's one set, you say, hey, you know what? Just read this one section. What would it be? I would have them read um, the, I guess it's in chapter two, I think, beyond the books. So if they could read the whole chapter. But if not, I want teachers to read the way that I break down picture books. So in the book, I talk about the book Moses, um, written by Carol Boston Weatherford, and it talks about Harriet Tubman. And it's often that teachers will read a book, but like not go beyond that. Like, I read the book, so I did my job. But so many times there's so much more in these picture books. And so I think that is an important part to read to see, you know, how I analyze picture books, but also to see what you can pull from those books and what you can put into it and how you can effectively bring it into the classroom in a way that students will remember and um, be able to apply those skills to other picture books you you use so um that would be my that was my favorite part to write like try to explaining that in words because I talk about it all the time but to put it in words um was really important to me so that would be my section what's if, if you recall what's of the book that you just mentioned what's one element that you were able to to extract in your instruction to the kids that likely helped them to remember that book Yeah. So there's a page in the book where Harriet Tubman is stepping into some water. And so when I was reading it, like growing up in a black church, I automatically was like, oh, she wading in the water. Like, she wading in the water. So I talked to my students about like, what is Harriet actually doing? Like, is she in there swimming and playing around? They're like, no, like she got to be quiet. You know, she can't be loud. And so I actually teach them the song Wade in the Water. We practice it. We sing it quietly. And we talk about the codes that are in songs. We also talked about um, her name, Moses, and what that represented, because we know that's not that wasn't her name. Um, But that's the part. So we learned the song um, and we practice it. And it's also a way that I bring in like sight words, which is something kindergartners need to learn how to identify words that you can't like sound out. So I will print off the song lyrics as well and have them um, read through those and find different words. I think the sight word is like in. And so later on in the year, if they see that word again, they're like, that's in wade in the water. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the word? So that's one of my favorite things to do is incorporate art like music but yeah that's my favorite page and I love like when we get to that like I stop reading I'm like okay I'm gonna teach you a song <laughs> because as soon as I saw it I was like oh she waiting in the water I'm yeah. ready yeah wait in the water oh man yeah. you don't, don't get me going don't get me going 
That's great. That's great. Where were you when I was in K first, second, or third grade? <laughs> Come on. All right. If you had an opportunity to have lunch with any black historical figure, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would love to have lunch with Malcolm X. First of all, I think he has so much swag. Like I have two pairs of glasses that I got. Like I'm a look, you know, these are like Malcolm X glasses. But also, I just loved his faith and belief in the youth. Um, I recently read a picture book that his daughter wrote about him that was beautifully and well done. But I also have this, um, it's like a little pamphlet book I got from a local bookstore here, Burning Books, um, that has a speech that he gave in January of 1965. And he's talking to these teenagers about the importance of them being able to think and know for themselves. And I think that's just so powerful. So I would love to, to chat with him and, and talk with Malcolm X. That would be so dope. Oh, yes. That would be beyond amazing. The X produced by Spike Lee is one of the most powerful films that I ever watched. Um, obviously, the, the book itself is... Um, even more powerful, but just, wow. Thinking about his life, thinking about his, his words, thinking about his impact, um, that, that would be quite the lunch, quite the yeah, conversation. Yeah. I would love that, yeah. Uh, leave with so many gems. That's yeah. great, that's great. What, what, what is a message of encouragement that you wanna offer the audience? Ooh. Um, it's something that my mom and daddy instilled in me, and that's to read for yourself. Like, that is just something I just remember, like, growing up, mom was like, but make sure you read for yourself because somebody can tell you something and you believe it. And, you know, they might be wrong. So I would just encourage the audience um, to read for yourself, to know for yourself, to watch for yourself, to listen for yourself so that you can get it for yourself. That's good. That's good stuff. That, that reminds me of uh, a biblical scripture um, in Acts when they're talking about the Bereans examining the scriptures for themselves. And, and I think that's a good message for our kids to, to, to think critically, but to also just to come with a lot of inquiry, yeah. right? to to feed their curiosity yeah to keep keep their faces planted in the books mm -hmm. in all kinds of books yes, and, yes and, and learn all kinds of things have that knowledge so you're you're able to engage uh with the world they're able to engage with different people able to engage in different subjects and 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 what you don't know then it's an opportunity for exploration. Absolutely, yes, that's exactly it, yeah. Right, and so I, I, I love that. I love the notion of, of leading with curiosity and fostering that curiosity. And, and I'm hopeful that readers would, will bring that same energy as it relates to beyond February. We should be curious as to why it is that folks like us are constantly advocating for teaching black history in 
all classrooms and beyond the classroom spaces, but we're, we're right. talking about classrooms, right? We're, we're talking about our K through 12 education system, teaching black history any day, every day, all year long. Come with that energy, come with that energy. And, and, and just as you stated earlier, also be open and willing to experience that our children are going to make all types of other connections to other people groups and other cultures that is just going to enrich their learning experiences and the dialogue and hopefully enrich the relationships better the community yep that's exactly it well, Donovan, keep pressing forward in all that you're doing. Uh, much respect and salute to you and your efforts in your PhD program at the University of Buffalo. Uh, encouraged by your work. Uh, love the graphics, the, the illustrations in your book. Uh, Oh, yes, those are, those are my favorite. Thing. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it really works for the K through three classroom, you know? Yes. I Most of my experience is working with middle and high school, but I do have some experience having worked in a Montessori school that was a startup. It was pre-K three through third grade when we started and built it out to sixth grade. And so I, I have some experience being around the littles. And then I have my own children who, who, again, one's a third grader, one's a kindergarten, the other one's early childhood. And so I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to continue to work through your content and then share it out and a, a, a apply the strategies with my own children, with other children. I'm thinking about like, hey, you know what? I want to slow down because if I say this publicly, the folks in my church might end up committing me to it. But I'm thinking about the kids in my church. We have a lot of a lot of little kids in our church, and and we're in Florida, so you know I'm just being real. Given what's going on here in Florida, we have to think strategically and proactively about the ways in which we are teaching our kids the the content that we're delivering. Um, the you know ensuring that those books even if they're banned in the in the schools well right. they're not they're not banned in the community so we, we we're gonna find some ways yes, to sir. teach what we need to teach uh, again for, for anybody from my church that's listening don't go signing me up for anything quite yet uh but maybe i'll do a one one you know a couple workshops here and there sparing you, go. uh, you know i gotta check my calendar first <laughs> listen where can we follow you because folks need to I, I know you got a pretty sizable follower, so. But folks, we need more folks to follow you. We, we need folks to get that book. Where can they yes, follow yes. you? Where can they grab a copy of the book today? Yes, so you can follow me on Instagram at Queendom Teaching, and you can get beyond February. I know from Rutledge.com and from Amazon and I mean, you can ask your local bookstore, you know, to get it in there too. So yeah. all that, do all of it, <laughs> do all of it and, and make sure y'all leave reviews. Also yes, leave please. some reviews, 
be specific, take photos, share how it is that it's impacting your thinking, shifting your mindset, impacting your classroom. If you're in a classroom or, or impacting your household, you be sharing this with your kids and whatnot. Donovan, keep writing, keep sharing, keep pressing, keep keep pushing us to, to engage in this conversation. I mean, we're going to have to. It's all year long. Right, all year long. <laughs> That's what you say. That's the title of the book. We're going to have to do this. It's an all yeah. year long thing. We're not playing around here. Any day, every day, all year long. All year long. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. It's It's been my pleasure to have you, and you're welcome back on the platform anytime. Uh, I, I know there's a, a lot we could have got into, more questions I could have asked based on all the content that you shared in the book. And so as I continue to dig deeper, don't be surprised if I circle back hey. and like, hey, we have a part two. I got you. Peace. As always, your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, go to multiculturalclassroom.com. Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.